I I saw a thing on Instagram the other day where it was like, um, for the people who are like in happy relationships, can you just like all shut the fuck up and do that in silence? Because some of us are over here still asking what's your favorite color and how many siblings do you have? And I was like, yeah. Hey y'all. Welcome to A for Excellence, your one-stop shop for everything fashionably Canadian. We're so glad you're here. Come hang. other than the fact that I'm irate. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, do I research or do we just like go balls to the walls and see what happens? Because we've seen it happen over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Like, I guess the first thing we should talk about is like, sorry for the um, lack of episodes the last two weeks. Yeah, we've been, you know, forced into vacation by technology. Yeah. So. so thanks a lot. <laughs> loved loved that for us. Um, and you know, it was a mix of like our episodes not working properly, and also both of us are prone to migraines. So and Calgary hates <laughs> Calgary us. is like it's literally the worst place we could live. Truly, it truly is like the worst place you could live. Did you just hear that? Yeah. <laughs> is that a child? I think it's... A- I'm going to leave your house in three hours and we're going to see that a child was hit by a car. <laughs> and we, were caught the ex- we caught the exact time. Us being and like... We're going to have to give our shitty podcast roughing to the police. Because <laughs> you can hear that <laughs> in the background. The police are like... But the episode was kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> hit us up. Uh... I Calgary police. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. If, if we've learned anything about the police in general as an institution across nations in the last 18 months is that please don't hit me up. Please do not. Please, please don't. You can stay far away from me and my people. Thank you. Anyways, we have so much to talk about because we haven't talked to you guys in a whole two weeks. I don't think we've talked to each other that often in the last two weeks either just because of time circumstance. So this is going to be a absolute crap shoot what are we what are we talking about this week um so story time (laughs) it starts it starts with a story time because i was so irate i called hannah yeah i was like i will preface oh no i was at the dentist yes (laughs) so it was on wednesday (laughs) yes so as we have expressed on this podcast before hannah and i are very large fans of henry cavill great actor seems like a decent guy we watch most of the stuff he's in yeah the witcher is where it's at he chooses to be in stuff that we would have watched anyway but he makes it better and he is um also very attractive so he's nice to look at but like unrelated but mostly we like the choices he makes yeah and we think he's a very he's very good at what he does And so I have talked previously about my absolute hate and disgust for celebrity culture and celebrity idolization or obsession. That's probably the best way to put it. Um, Just because I think it's bizarre at best. And I'm very interested in the psychology behind why people put spotlights on these individuals. Um... But if you are not in the know, a couple of months ago, maybe even last month, Henry Cavill had to 
turn off the comments on his Instagram and post like a public statement telling people to leave him and his girlfriend alone, but specifically his girlfriend because people had started verbally accosting her on the internet and saying all sorts of awful things about her. Um, And I can only imagine what that's like to be in a relationship with someone where you've chosen to be in a relationship with them because you like them, you love them. Like that's, you chose a person. Yeah. You didn't choose their profession. Um, and so on my Instagram, um, like there's like the suggested for you page, like stuff will come up for the Witcher for yeah. me all the time because I loved the books, I loved the games, I loved the show. It'll come up, um, and because so many other women search the Witcher for Henry Cavill and not for the actual content, I'm more likely to get Henry Cavill content than Witcher fantasy content. Yeah, um, and so. I thought that the pictures were, like, Photoshop, and I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? So I clicked it out of curiosity, and it was a picture of Henry Cavill in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, having coffee with his girlfriend. And it was someone who was at the table opposite them, like, posed to make it look like they were taking a picture, and were actually taking pictures of him, zoomed in through the space between their bodies. Yeah. Um, which again, that's a huge violation of privacy. Like it's so creepy. It's creepy. Um, but it's the comments underneath that really set me off. So Instagram normally will give you like the description of the photo and then like one or two sample comments. Yeah. Like if anything, I'm just all for us turning off comments on everything permanently. Cause people are awful. Um, But it devolved into vitriol aimed at his girlfriend, where it was like, well, he looks bored. She must be so boring. Like, why is he with her? She's not even that pretty. Things like that. And I went from like zero to 60 in two seconds. You did. (laughs) I was so angry. Not even for for him, because this it, it is about him and it isn't about him. I was mad for her. The thing that, like, yes, it's about him because... It's his... It's his girlfriend, and it's... He's the reason why they're directing that hate towards her. But at the same time, like, it's purely about her because they're treating her that way for no reason... No logical reason. And at a higher level, this isn't about them. It's about the person who's sitting behind the screen, wherever they are around the world, who has... Who feels that they have the right to say those things because they will never be able to point down who you are, where you are, whatever. And the entitlement to feel like you have a say in someone else's relationship. Or ownership over that person that really, really disturbs me. And then I think, like, we kind of brought up these key terms, if you will, like entitlement, ownership, obsessiveness, um, like fan cult. Stanning. Yeah. 
And like, I have absolutely enjoyed or like really, really liked a celebrity. I think we all have, like, there's always a celebrity that you're like, oh, they're so attractive. Like, I would date them in a second in like a hypothetical world where like you never actually meet that person. Like you can dream about them. Like you can think like, Oh, they're so attractive, but like you never, like you don't know these people. And that's where I think this celebrity cult culture is unhealthy for everyone. So I have gotten into a habit with myself of whenever I'm feeling a certain emotion that's not positive for me, or I'm doing something that's not positive for me, I will ask myself, who benefits or who directly makes money off of me feeling this way? Um, so like when I'm feeling like shit about my body, mm-hmm. who, who makes a profit off of me feeling this way? And then I run through the list of who and what industries make money off me feeling like shit. And in the same way, I think it's, it's important to ask the question who makes money off of this type of behavior, because there is an entire industry that makes money off of that behavior. Yeah. Like the tabloid, you know, King Globberts, the Perez Hiltons of the world make a shit ton of money off of, situations like this and celebrity obsession yeah even like for example and there i wouldn't say as bad like somewhere like e-talk or like entertainment weekly or what's entertainment Entertainment tonight on tv and then like all of the gossip mags and like i honestly don't know who reads those magazines anymore but I, but it but, started somewhere, right? Like, think about it. When we were younger, we had J14, Tiger Beat, all of those things. And they'd come with posters. Yeah. And you would take them out and you'd put them on your wall. And you would have this image of this person in your house, in your bedroom, to the point where it was like, you knew that person. Because they existed in your sphere every single day. So that when you ingested the information about them coming out of these magazines or whatever. Because, you know, obviously me and Hannah predate social media. (laughs) Um, We don't predate the internet, but we predate social media. Actually, the internet only existed two days after I was born. That I found interesting. That is interesting. So we... Barely. Barely hit the internet. (laughs) But, like, so for, for us, we came up with... You know, written media, printed media, um, things were still on VHS. Yeah. TV still could not be recorded. You had to watch it at a specific time, things like that. So for us, the culture is very different. And then I think about the people who are coming up with social media. And that's almost scarier to me because we knew people in junior high and high school who were like so invested, like... Not to name names, but the person who was, like, obsessed with Camp Rock oh, in junior high to the point that they changed their appearance to look more like Demi Lovato. Yes. Entire personality changed. 
she wanted to make herself the main character in Camp Rock. Yeah. That's super unhealthy. And then I think about now where like when we were younger, like it wasn't so easy to like interact with. Yes. Celebrity. Like you could love them. You could be obsessive. You could stand them and like be part of their fan club, if you will. But the interaction was still minimal. You were mm-hmm. only getting what you only got back access to the Backstreet Boys when they put the VHS in your meal at Burger King. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't get unlimited access to everything. And they didn't feel the need to give you unlimited content. Yeah. Whereas now it's like A, you have the like paparazzi who literally want to give you 24 hour seven day a week coverage coverage and then on top of that you have the celebrity that has social media that is posting their life so you are getting like these glimpses of them as real people that was me air quoting because the thing that I think people a lot of a lot of people forget is like no matter how real it seems everything that a celebrity puts on their Instagram or Twitter or whatever is still curated it's performative which is why I find it funny when people infer that actors are the way they are on social media cuz 9 times out of 10 it is in your contract for a show or a movie or whatever in terms of promotion for you to put it on your social media. So things that you do that interact with the promotion of your project are in your contract. And then also you work in a creative industry where it's performative. Like it is so easy to turn on and turn off. Yeah. Like between that's their those entire job is to like create a persona that people want to engage with and people feel the need to engage with. So like it, it I won't put the whole situation on like the plebes of the world, but it like it's a boundaries. There's boundaries. There's issues boundary here. issues. So, like, when you have a celebrity that chooses not to use social media or any social media that they do use is, like... I respect that. Very private. I really respect it because I feel like... And that's not to say that I don't also enjoy going on someone I like's Instagram and, like, seeing what they're up to. Because, like, I do. I like to see it sometimes. But at the same time, it's like, I also don't have any expectation of anything from them like they're just a person that it's like oh like that's kind of interesting like cool they bought a new purse great glad to see it (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting for for me so because we've seen so many cases of this celebrity culture turn damaging dangerous you know mental health crises all of that so when someone actively chooses not to have social media 
or they choose to restrict it to the bare minimum. I have so much respect for that. I also have so much respect for people who manage to keep their personal relationships private. Yeah. Because, I mean, at a certain point, and this is not to say using the Henry Cavill example that he should not have been like, this is my girlfriend, this is the person I love. Because if, if you feel comfortable with that, that's cool. But I often think about, there was that case a couple of years ago where Chris Evans was dating Jenny, Jenny Slate. Yeah. And she broke up with him because of how rabid his fans were. Yeah. I do think that unless you're sure you want to marry that person, that is a door that should stay closed. Because you're opening it up for people to... Because the internet is performative on all sorts of scales. Yeah. So people feel that they can have their opinion with no consequences, that they can be an asshole with no consequences, all of the above. You are opening it up so that your partner can be abused. And it's a scary... The world is a scary fucking place. Yeah. And, like, I think a part of it is, like, people feel entitled to have them, like, that chosen celebrity be part of their life. They feel like they're entitled to have opinions and thoughts that should be shared. Like, I shouldn't say, like, you can have an opinion. Yeah. Like, if I, Jesse and I were speaking privately, not on here, not on Instagram, and we were like, oh, this celebrity did this, like, didn't like that, like, that was sketch. Or yeah. like, oh, he's so attractive. I would date him. It's private. It's not inviting the celebrity to see you speak that way. And it's like, you can have thoughts and opinions and not put them online. I, I know this is shocking. And it's also shocking because we're literally <laughs> doing that but right maybe. now. We're, we're hypocrites, okay? We know. But at a certain point too, though, like, it's a, it's a problem that needs to be addressed. We've discussed it on here before, both the um, why does everyone need to have a fucking opinion, but also the, um, the idea that in psychology that you put your hopes and dreams and ambitions on this person and mm -hmm. you know that you'll never meet them and it'll never happen. So it's almost a safe place for those things to be. That's one thing. If you're, like, invested in someone's career because they're a great actor, that's one thing. If you are invested in every single facet of that person's life to the point that you know every single member of their family's name, where they live, their, you know, dating history, like, I, that's uncomfortable. What they feed their dog. Like, what the, f what the fuck? Like, why do you need to know that? And it's, it's really unhealthy. It's so unhealthy I and those are the people who you know when someone does get in a relationship and then start posting about it online those are the people who lose their shit yeah like if you and like obviously don't do this willingly knowingly but like if you were to go and look on the posts of people who are in the public eye when they, like, 
open their relationship to outside eyes, the stuff that is there in terms of comments is awful. It's truly disturbing. A lot of it is really sexual in nature too, which is the other thing. And I know like that doesn't even have to, you don't even have to be in a relationship for for that to happen. Like, I mean, I remember hearing Billie Eilish talk about how people would, you know, sexualize her online and like she'd have comments of people being like, I'm going to come rape you. And it's like, what gives people the audacity to think that they can even say anything like that? A, if you're making comments like that, you need help. Yeah, like you, you need are a lot disturbed. of help. But at the same time, like what makes you so comfortable to think that you could do that? I have a policy for myself where it's like, if I would not say it in person to someone, I'm not saying it in a text, I'm not saying it in an email, I'm not posting it in a comment online. Like I, if I couldn't say it in person to someone, I'm not saying it. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, everyone has thoughts in their head that, like, yeah, sometimes you think mean things or, like, things that aren't nice. Yeah. But, like... The difference is is what you choose to do with those thoughts and comments. Stop posting it online. Just stop. Like, you... You have no right. Like, you have no right to say these things to people. Like, just because you feel like there's no repercussions to saying horrible things online doesn't mean there are no repercussions. Like, there's huge repercussions. I mean, like, the example that I can think of that's kind of blown up publicly to the point that it was on the 6 o'clock news, which is the only reason I fucking know about any of this, is the stuff that went down with, like, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, because that's another situation where... All of this happened. So, like, I'm not a royalist. I'm Scottish. <laughs> Enough said. Ta-da. Um, but, like, I'm I'm by no means a royalist. I don't follow the royal family. That's not for me. Because, again, I think that's one of those situations where it's like, why? Yeah. Um, but hearing that he had to immediately, the day after they were seen together in public for the first time put out a statement being like, you need to leave my partner alone. And then to have it escalate to the point that, you know, both within his family and from outside influences, paparazzi, nasty people, whatever, the fact that they physically had to move countries and like put up major, major boundaries that's scary. She had a mental health crisis. Yeah. That's it's concerning. terrifying. Like, people people really don't understand the full scope and effect of what you say and how it can affect somebody. Yeah. It's terrible. And I just think, like, obviously there's a huge issue with, like, men being disgusting online. There's a huge issue with men being disgusting in every scenario. And I was just going to say, like, but par for the course, like. They've been given permission to do it, so they're going to do it. Yeah. But what I find not more disturbing, but disturbing on, like, a different level almost is, like, how women just tear each other apart. Like. Yep. If you 
think about again the Henry Cavill in example, like his girlfriend. I don't even know who she is. No, me neither. Um, but like, if she is nothing else, like she's a woman, and like she deserves to be respected just on that virtue alone, like because she's a person. Yeah. But the fact that women feel like it's okay to attack another woman because they're in a relationship with someone you've never met, like, is so disturbing. I I think it's so disgusting that women treat other women like that because of a man. And I think that's the the crux of it like it it doesn't matter who this person could have been it's the fact that she exists for them yeah because there's there's four prongs to this that i see so there's there's the fact that you know he could have dated anyone and someone would have found a problem with it that's that's realization number one that's a problem number two that's a problem is it's women tearing down other women like I'll be the first person to say I am a feminist. Yeah. I am an absolute feminist, but it is very hard to advocate for feminism and rights for women when we give men the excuse to say, but you don't support each other anyways. Yeah. That's really difficult and it's a tough pill to swallow as a woman. Um, But that is also society's fault because we have been taught that it is okay to tear each other down like this. And it only benefits men. I was going to say, and like, that's the patriarchy at work. At its like core. At its finest. Yeah. Because men don't need to do the work of tearing women down if we do it for them. Yep, absolutely. So like, we're really playing into their hands if we let those instincts or whatever you want to call it that delusion take root delusion is the correct term yeah i I would say instinct you're fighting your own instinct because your instinct shouldn't be to attack someone a random person for something that you have no business knowing (laughs) so then number three in terms of this stream is that so reading that specific comment section on a fan post whatever People were taking issue with the fact that he was dating someone a lot younger than him. Uh, this is my time to shine as someone who only wants to date men older than me. Mm-hmm. Age does not matter. You can be dating a man who is 43 and age who is mentally 12. Absolutely. Age does not matter. I take issue when people are like, because this is what people were saying. They were like, well, he's so much older than her. Which is like, is he's on? He's it's like, looking at her, I don't know who the fuck she is. I don't really care. She is a person. She's probably six years younger than him. Max. And like, that's a very common age difference. So And so I'm sitting here going, you know, they're calling her a gold digger. They were calling her all sorts of other horrible things that I won't repeat. But the idea that you're calling someone a gold digger for dating someone who's older than them. Maybe she needs security. Maybe she needs stability. I have dated guys in my own age range. I would get neither of those things from anyone who was younger than 35. Yeah. 
Like, I'm, it's, it's not happening in my experience. Like, and then in the reverse of that, too, we seem to make bones about when an older woman dates a younger man. Yeah. Unacceptable. It is unacceptable at any point to have an opinion on an age difference between two people. I have seen people be exactly the same age, get married and divorced. And I have seen people who are 18 years apart, married and married for like 50 years. And it doesn't matter. Like, to be frank, if you are the age of consent. Yep. And you are legally an adult. Yeah. Like, do not mistake us for saying you can date whatever age you want. Because, like, as long as... But if that person is 18 and they have legally chosen to date older people... You have no business. You have no business. Like, it just... And it doesn't matter. No, but I think part of the problem here is that this, this idea of celebrity worship in culture has been permeated and almost you know pedestaled up by the systems within society that already exist so the systems which you know negatively impact women benefit from this behavior um you know the biases that exist in society about a younger woman dating an older man or a younger man dating an older woman benefit from this culture yeah. Like, remember when, like, Keanu Reeves started dating someone who was, like, you know, slightly his old, his, the same age as him, and she had gray hair, and everyone was like, it's fantastic, he's dating someone who's, like, almost the same age as him. I'm like, it's fucking weird. Who gives a shit? I look forward to marrying a guy who's, like, 15 years my senior and being, like, deuces to everybody. And, like, you know, you never know. Like, not for you particularly but like you could meet a guy who's a couple years younger and he's fantastic and you're like wasn't expecting that but okay but but that's the thing too is like at what point does that age difference become unacceptable my mother is five years older than my father Mm -hmm. that's never made a difference my parents have been married for 27 years like you know what i mean yeah and my mom is five Five years years younger younger than than my dad dad. so uh, and they've been married for 31 years yeah so like at what point do you draw a line in the sand because if you're going to draw a line in the sand you should be consistent yeah like don't be an asshole well and then and then my other thing too is like the, the hypocrisy because it'll be some bitch who's like oh, like, can't believe he's dating such a young girl. Like, she's probably a gold digger because, like, he's dating a younger woman and then be married to a man who's, like, her senior. Yeah. Or, like, it's, it's, it's the idea that, like, you hold these celebrities to, like, this impossible standard. And it's, like, they're never going to live up to those standards because those standards aren't real. Yep, because the image that you've created, the person that you've created, doesn't exist. And and that's the thing, right? Is like it's it's all this build up in your head of what you think this person is like. Because no matter how much they show you online, you don't actually know this person. You are not intimately familiar 
with this person. Like, it's not... Yeah. It's like, it's not going to happen. Do we feel like Henry Cavill probably seems like a nice guy? Yes. Yes. Do I think he's probably, like, a nerdy, like... We are very aware. Yes. (laughs) Like, you do see that. But at the same time, it's like, I have no idea. He could be the biggest dick ever. Yeah. He could be rude to waiters, and we wouldn't know. (laughs) Okay. Actually, though pet peeve of mine thank you for bringing it up <laughs> i find it that's you, actually a good thing to comment on because i find it so strange because everyone i know like across the board it's a pet peeve for people it's like a, r- a massive red flag if you're on a date with someone and they're rude to a waiter but then it's like but why are people still rude to waiters if everyone seems to agree that that's a shitty thing to do because there's always one asshole yeah there is always one asshole Yep. So, like, be nice to your waiters. Be nice to your retail staff. Yeah. Be fucking nice to people who are there to serve you. Be nice to your nurses and doctors. There's other... Uniclerks. There's other (laughs) things about this celebrity culture thing, too, that also rub me the wrong way in terms of relationships. I hate it when fans... So, and and I I will explain the differences here... After I say the thing. Yes. I don't like it when fans are like, these two people are probably dating. We saw them walking down the street together once. Or when people are in a show together and they're like, I bet you they're dating. It is one thing to ship characters on fanfiction.net and to be a heathen in that space. That is an acceptable forum to ship characters and explore fiction because everyone recognizes that it's fiction. Yeah. You enjoy your Harry Potter Draco Malfoy slash fic. I won't judge you. I will judge you if you write Tom Felton Daniel Radcliffe slash fic. I will judge you to the nth degree. And that's... It's such a good point because... It's a weird thing to think about like I will admit <laughs> I have read for, for example One Direction fan fiction it's a huge I didn't know this about you well <laughs> I wouldn't say it's like my go to no, fan fiction but I have done it Okay, I've done it um but it's a huge fandom. Yeah. Huge. I feel like and One Direction walked so that BTS could run. Yes. That That's where I'm at. Uh, and also, another one where people write... Is BTS. BTS fan fiction. And, like, on one hand, I will say, okay, yes, we know if you were on fan fiction... You're on Archive of Our Own. You understand that it's fiction. Like, you know that you're not literally writing... Truth. Truth. Or even, like, in the realm of possibility. Like, obviously BTS aren't werewolves. And one of them isn't an Omega. We can dream. (laughs) (laughs) And then have, like wild gangbangs but big yikes yeah don't go 
going don't go in there big yikes do not enter you will be scarred <laughs> dead dove do not eat yep yep <laughs> uh but i feel like it's gonna be like people who don't know what fan fiction are are gonna be like what no no it's fine it's <laughs> um, fine just just google it just go on archive of our own look for the thing you want to read about any and then book, be horrified any book any movie real life people the new one the, do, were you on archive arch, arch, archive of our own when the site crashed because though there was like a new chapter of a one that was like two minecraft players no like two twitch people they literally crashed the fucking site they're standing people who stream on twitch now i think so Jesus i'm not totally Christ. sure who they i'm too old for this were <laughs> i'm way too old for this I, I was very confused. I was like, what? I'm I'm but too I was... old to exist on the internet anymore. I need to stop. Deadass. <laughs> they crashed the site. Oh my god. And I was like, who's reading this? Well, yeah. You fucking Gen Zers. <laughs> like I so there's there's certain cases in which I'm like, fan fiction is the bomb diggity. Um for example, with the Game of Thrones season eight shit. You needed a rewrite. You needed a rewrite. And George R.R. R. Martin might not finish that book before he's dead in a hole. So. It's honestly shocking he's not. I don't know. Okay, A, how is he breathing? And B, how is he writing? I don't like it. How long does it take to write Winds of Winter? We've been we've been working on this series since the 90s. Hurry up. Um, how his, has his editor not murdered him? <laughs> that's the thing is normally you're on contract and then you're on deadline, right? So you yeah, I don't know. Anyways, but so like, for example, I like the times that I have indulged in fan fiction because I have cut myself back. The times I have indulged in fan fiction where I've really enjoyed myself is people who rewrite Game of Thrones fan fiction where it doesn't include all of the violence towards women. Yeah, those are spaces I like to exist in um, fan fiction where they rewrote, you know, season eight of Game of Thrones so that spoiler alert. Um, Jon Snow didn't murder his aunt who he was fucking. Yeah, like, let's let's rewrite that. That's uncomfortable for a number of reasons. Multiple. Like, let's, let's explore not doing that. Like, let's not do that. I think, like, fan fiction in itself, I think, is, is a fine. beautiful thing. Yeah. And even... I writing... do take issue when they write it about real people. Writing about real people can get real disturbing. Real quick. Real quick. Now, when you t come off fan fiction and chip two people religiously and forcefully, yeah, that's the really scary part for me. Is like on fan fiction, it's like, okay, we all know it's fake. It's like you're exploring a possibility that's like not a real possibility. But when you create it so much so that it becomes 
reality to you and you speak about it like it's true and to that celebrity and you're like why aren't you dating so and so we all want you to date them and it's like that's fucking weird so i just don't like the idea of like writing fan fiction about real people at all i just think that yeah. that's a gross violation of boundaries and privacy and fair, fair. Like, it's it's problematic at its core um but the the outcomes that come from that or even just like fan standing actors and things like that at any point is extremely problematic i'll never forget the Vampire Diaries used to be a very huge thing here. Yeah. Um, and Nina Dobrev, who played the lead on that show, is Canadian. So in Canada, Vampire Diaries was like a big thing. People were into it. Um, it was like CW in Canada's number one grossing show for years. She used to date Ian Summerhalder, who played one of the brothers. And their relationship ended and he is now married with children and she is in a like long-term healthy stable relationship and both of them have had to try and put out fires where people verbally attack his wife and try to photograph his children without his consent mhm and they haven't dated in like 10 15 years it's uncomfortable it's like yeah, they're broken up. Like it, relationships end. That's very normal. And I think that the the people who perpetuate these things are lacking normalcy. Yeah. There's something not normal about the behavior. Society has said that the behavior is acceptable cuz you don't get called on it. Or especially if you're a woman, they're like, "Oh, it's a, like it's a girl thing to do." girls moon after boys like this it's how it's supposed to be yeah it's not how it's supposed to be you should moon after yourself and your own aspirations and all that shit you should not be you know obsessively cyber stalking someone who you will never meet and has no idea you exist and you don't know who they are as a person like you have no clue and like to be frank like they're probably not gonna date you like even if you somehow by chance met them at like comic-con or something they're not gonna be like that one they're not gonna like all of a sudden see you from across the convention hall and be like that's it i mean i won't say never because you never know but like that's just not likely to happen it's no like it would be a one in a million one in a billion chance yeah. it's, it's just it's uncomfortable and it's like why don't you go meet some real people and like make positive yeah. connections with humans that actually can exist in your sphere even if it's like people online that you connect with about things other than this person yeah and i think I think there's a line there, too, that I'm kind of interested in, which is, you know, if you are like this online, what are you like in your relationships in real life? Mm-hmm. So, A, do people know that you're obsessed with this person to the point that it's physically unhealthy? And B, 
you know, in your relationships, do you obsess to the same level? Because then you need to ask yourself the question again, who profits off of me doing this online? And the other thing is that I think it creates the precedent to have very unrealistic expectations from your real life relationships. Yeah. So if you create this ideal, perfect man in your head or woman or whatever, not obviously we're speaking from our own experience. So like a more heteronormative straight white cisgendered. Yeah. But if you've created this perfect ideal person and that's the standard that you measure every other person to nobody will ever live up to it because the re like they don't exist they will never exist people are flawed and like i'm sure that some of this behavior can come from a place of trauma and like dissociating from reality reality yeah and i am very understanding of that and i also you know understand that if it's a coping technique and it's what gets you through the day but at the same time it's like you can't treat people like that you can't treat the people around you with an expectation that is wholly unrealistic a and b like you can't why do you think you deserve to be mean to people you've never met, you never will meet? There's a point where you need to talk to someone because you need some help. Yeah. And like, there's no shame in admitting you need some help. Also, um, like the ideal, you hear about it a lot, like people saying like, oh, you should go kill like she should go kill herself because she's dating that guy or like she should what the fuck is that or like i hope she gets raped or again what the fuck is that like these very violent disturbing things that you say and it's like you're talking to a human like you're talking to another person and you're saying I hope you kill yourself or I hope someone rapes you again signs that you are the person who needs some help and it's like what the fuck even like everything that's going on with Chrissy Teigen for example Brenna told me about this yeah so I don't know the whole story I know that she has admitted that like she was in the wrong and like she said some shit on Twitter behaved badly. And like she admits that, but then when other people are like, Hey, you really hurt me. Her fans are attacking them. And it's like, she doesn't need you to do that. Like she's already having a hard enough time trying to rectify what she has done without her also having to apologize for the behavior of people she does not know. Yeah. Like it's so freaking the whole thing around celebrities is just bizarre. Like when you think about it more than like just the surface level of like, oh yeah, I, I enjoy actors or like I like this band. 
and you like delve deep into it, it's like, ooh. Can I just say, my ideal, dis- for, for any aspiring or actual filmmakers who listen to our podcast, I doubt there are any of you, but I'm putting it out there. But like, yo, what's up if you're here? Hey, babe. Um, We'd love to have a shot. Just kidding. <laughs> my ideal dystopian fiction work at this point to get from somebody else. And I say somebody else because I don't think I could do it justice myself. I would like to see some type of dystopia where all of the satellites got knocked out and so did the power and the internet doesn't exist anymore. It would be very interesting. I want to see it, hear about it. Like if you were to get rid of the internet as a whole so that you wouldn't have like Reddit threads, Twitter, whatever, and all of the apps. So Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, if all of that was gone tomorrow, what would happen to society? Yeah. That's my big question is would the behavior that people were allowed to express online, would that become acceptable because they would need to do it somewhere? Yeah. Would it migrate into real life? You know, like write snail mail to someone being like, I hope you die. Like, are we going like, (laughs) what the fuck? (laughs) Someone's traveled two weeks and by horse and boat to get you to tell you to get bent (laughs) (laughs) like but you know die you know what i mean like it's i'd be curious if social media people could be awful before the internet obviously yeah but because we've come so far with it to the point that we are seeing psychological behaviors displayed that are abnormal and are not healthy what would happen if it magically just went away one day? And the people who had those issues, the people who, you know, are used to having like, you know, I don't know, like for example, endless content surrounding Tom Hiddleston because we were talking about Loki. Yeah. Um, like if they went from having like a constant stream of Tom Hiddleston content to, to zero none of it, like what would you do? What would that person do? Because at some point, I think it becomes an addiction. You are addicted to the content that you're getting. Oh, totally. You are addicted to the idea of Henry Cavill in your head. So that, like, you know, it was enough of a meltdown when, you know, he suddenly has a girlfriend and, like, it's not you and you're having to face that reality. What happens if it doesn't exist at all? Because you have no access to anything anymore because it's gone. Like what happens? Whoa! I, I, I it's the, Whoa, man. These are the things I think about at midnight in my bed by myself. Um, like what what happens? True. Because I think we can all admit that at a certain extent we're addicted to our phones. God like, yes. I, I've literally debated getting rid of social media so many times over the pandemic just because I, it's not healthy. It is not a healthy safe space. Yeah. For anybody, in my opinion. I think people are on it too much. Lord knows when I'm bored now, I don't pick up a book like I used to. I now have to coach myself to pick up a book and to not go on my phone. And uh, the one thing, like, I've been really struggling with, like, is doom scrolling recently. Yeah. And I... Define doom scrolling for the masses. Yeah. So basically, it's like, 
when your feed on Instagram, for example, is like just like, oh, this war, this um, attack, everyone's dying, you're all dying, everything's shit. And it's just like a constant stream of bullshit, of extreme negative content. Yeah. And it's like, at first you're like, I'm being informed. I'm learning. I, I need to know what's happening in the world. This was me in the lead up to the U.S. 2020 election. Yeah. I lived in a state of doom scroll. And when you do that, you get stuck in and it's so like i i had to start i think i mentioned it before but i'm doing like instagram shabbat so like on friday and saturday i turn off the notifications on my instagram i move it off the front page of my phone and like i try not I try my best not to check it. And, like, it really helps because it... You give your brain a reprieve. Yeah. And, like, it's just not healthy to have that many negative, horrible things in your consciousness continually. And the thing, too, is, And you become desensitized. Oh, I was going to say, I think it's interesting that... Celebrity is synonymous with art because, you know, it's actors, it's musicians, it's... I I will interject there and I don't think it is synonymous with art anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's evolved from that. And I think that that's part that's of actually very true the because situation. Because there's, I mean, like... The Kardashians, I don't think, bring any sort of artistic value to the table. That's however, very true. Famous. That's very true. Um, or YouTubers <clears throat> who vlog. Yeah. Or like any TikTokers. influencer kind of thing. Well, I mean, I guess makeup artists that are influencers haven't a craft. But yeah, it's just weird. It is interesting to me that like when you think of a celebrity often you think of like a movie star someone who's an actor someone who's and but like a film actor like you don't necessarily think of a super famous person that's like a broadway star unless your actors do not get the credit they are due but they're usually the most talented and yes yes so i think there's this very strange phenomenon that's happening right now where like celebrity status used to be reached by people who were good at their craft yeah and like who had the ability to wield that craft into a career yeah Whereas now it's like you're famous based on how many likes and follows you have on Instagram. Chance, yeah, because you can you can be someone who a mediocre dancer and like 
get TikTok famous. And then all of a sudden you are like... Which makes me laugh. Like these 16-year-old girls doing these weird TikTok dances. And it's always the white girls who are doing the dances that people of color originated and get famous. And then they're like millionaires. And I'm like, A, how do you make millions of dollars off of TikTok? And B, what the fuck did your parents put in your Wheaties this morning that like... That's what happened to you. It's not talent. <laughs> and what necessarily. There are some very talented people that have got fa- gotten famous from yeah. social media. Don't get me wrong. But like... I'm more interested in a person... So as someone who, you know, there are certain people where I do follow their craft. For example, musicians like Maggie Rogers. I will listen to anything she puts out ever for the rest of her life because that's how like synced in I feel with what she's saying and how I I feel about it. You know, with actors, I will probably watch every single Natalie Portman movie until I'm dead. Yeah. Or she's dead, whichever comes first. Well, you'll keep watching her films after she dies. Truly. (laughs) But, you know, it's... There's a line between appreciating that person's art and the way that they can wield their talent to make me feel versus getting emotionally attached to the idea of that person and developing feelings for that. Exactly. Like... There is a line. It's very normal to have admiration for someone that's good at their craft. Like... And, like, appreciate and enjoy watching it or experiencing it. Yeah. And then... Like, I've... I'll be the first person to tell you. Like, Ed Sheeran can have me crying like that. Yeah. Like, Ed Sheeran can sing something and I'll be, like, bawling. But I've never, ever been like, you know what? I like Ed Sheeran's music so much, I'd like to fuck and then marry Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Like, no. No. And, like... Boundaries. Have healthy boundaries And I should say, like, there was literally an episode... Like, we literally talked on the episode about how I'd like Henry Cavill to fuck me. Uh, (laughs) Jokingly. But I don't mean it literally. You know what I mean? Like, Like, you wouldn't stalk and find him... And Army Hammer, which, like, I don't think they'd be together anyways. No, no. not not these days. No. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Word. I, before I realized that it was causing me to have writer's block, was reading this really great book um, <laughs> called Single on Purpose by a guy named John Kim. John Kim is the mastermind behind the uh, Instagram account, The Angry Therapist. Um, I really enjoy his work. He's really funny. Um, but he writes this, and I'm not a self-help person. I should specify. I'm not a self-help person. It's not for me. However, this book was recommended to me by someone. And so I just picked it up out of interest and I'm getting so much from it. It's not even funny. Um, but there's a portion where he talks about loneliness. Yeah. And I think that that really applies to this conversation. I think a lot of people feel lonely. You could be the most social person on the planet and still feel alone. Oh, absolutely. Um, And I think that that goes into part of this reality building conversation where it's like they pretend they're interacting with this person and it makes them feel less alone. And so when this person expresses happiness at being in a relationship with someone else, that facade is broken and you are lonely again. And so... He has all of these, like, interesting thoughts about loneliness and what happens when people take on loneliness as an identity instead of a feeling. Mm -hmm. 
And I really think that people who do this kind of shit would benefit from that conversation because at some point you felt lonely enough to develop an emotional attachment to someone who doesn't know you exist. I think people are inherently more lonely now than ever before. I think social media makes people lonely. I know for myself that I'm more lonely now than ever before. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that's a common thread. Yeah. And like, you know, when you see someone experiencing something good and beautiful and happy in a relationship or enjoying time with their friends, like the idea of FOMO, right? Yeah. Where it's like, you're not experiencing it because you're not with them and you feel lonely. Like that's the real culprit is that you feel lonely and you don't feel included. Yep. And you don't understand how, like, why does this person get to have a relationship or a friendship that I don't? Yeah. Like, it's very, it's very centered on yourself, A, and B, it's like, and not not in a bad way necessarily, it's just like what it is. And B, it's like you, you can't be happy for other people because you're so in that mind frame of like, if I have to be lonely and sad, then everyone should be lonely and sad. And like every interaction that I'm seeing, I want it to be the same thing that I'm feeling on the inside. Yeah. So like if a celebrity's happy and in a relationship and they look like they're having a good time and enjoying life, then you're like, I'm mad at you because you are betraying the idea that I have of you in my that head. I have of you in my head and that you're supposed to be sad and lonely just like me. And then find me. Yeah, that's it. And so instead of, you know, when these things happen, like projecting that loneliness and turning it into anger and just hate. Like think about how lonely you are as a person. And then think about what would happen if you met someone who, you know, wanted to be in a relationship with you while you were that lonely. And then that feeling of how happy you would be, that's probably how happy that person is. Yeah. Like, we're all human. And, like, we all experience similar emotions and feelings about similar things. I guarantee there that person was lonely and then met that person and now they are really happy and you doing like this is a threat to their happiness that could put them back in that loneliness that you experience. Yeah. Like, choose to be happy for someone. I think it's like, choose to be happy for someone and, like, your happiness will come back to you. But yes, so thank you for uh, listening to our endless diatribe about how I saw Henry Cavill's girlfriend get you know, pummeled on the internet and I went from like happy to ready to do a murder in under three seconds. Um, Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. You can follow us on Instagram at eh4excellence. Please remember to rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
See you next Tuesday.